This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Ministering is the servant of God, a pastor in the house, Pastor Rotimi Uluagbohun. Remain blessed as you listen. I will sing of the mercy of the Lord with my mouth. Will I make it known from the rising of the sun died unto his going down? I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. Lift your voice and sing. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. With my mouth shall I make it known From the rising of the sun Right on to his going down I will sing all the mercies of the I will sing I will sing of the mercies of Yes, Lord sing of your mercies that are new every morning shall I make it make it known make it known yes Lord right until it's going down I will sing of the mercies of the Lord I will sing of the mercies of the Lord I will sing of the favor of the Lord. I will sing of the victories of the Lord. I will sing of the glory of the Lord. With my mouth shall I make it known. From the rising of the sun, right on to his going down, I will sing of the mercies of Lord, we are here. Your mercies that are new every morning, we receive a fresh dose this morning. We have received and we have full benefit of it. Lord, we have come into your presence this morning, not as though we left, but we have come here, gathered together in this room with intentionality to listen to you, to hear you speak to us. We ask that your word comes with power and grace. We ask that life is given to us again. We are refreshed. We are revived. We are given new life. We are given a fresh perspective even concerning the things that you are speaking to us on. We know, O oh Lord, that our lives receive a new transformation level, even today, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, O oh Lord, for your power. Thank you, O oh Lord, for what you are set to do here. All the glory be unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We've been on the topic faith, and indeed faith is rising. The Lord is said to do great things, and He's looking for those who will cooperate with Him to see that great thing or those great things birth on earth. We sang a song earlier saying, The sound of heaven touching earth. The sound of heaven touching earth is because some people cried to the Lord for that sound. Some people cried and prayed, believing, trusting that God will answer. And indeed, He answered. It's the same God today, yesterday, and forever. The God of the ancients, the God of now, and the God of the future. The faith that he's asking us to have is so that his glory can be seen here on earth. So that men can testify, indeed, God is God. Hallelujah. We are vessels in his hands to display his glory. Hence, we must come to him knowing that he is and is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hence, our diligence to continue pressing in, pressing in, pressing in until that water level rises and comes to a point where nothing shakes us anymore. Nothing moves us. Why? Because Emmanuel is with us. God is with us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Last week, we looked at the topic, uh, Hebrews 11 gleanings, with particular emphasis on the character Joseph. And indeed, what we learned last week spanned from his father Jacob and a transference into him with respect to knowledge of who God is and experience of what God can do into a point where he was alone, without help, without family without friends but God was with him wherever he was being sold as a slave eventually into Potiphar's house and then being thrown into jail because of Potiphar's wife through that experience for him it was turbulent it was chaotic but we would see every time the Bible would say God was with him. And God being with him was an assurance 
of the fact that what he has said concerning him, he will bring it to pass. Same goes for us. What the Lord has said concerning us, he will bring it to pass. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. In Jesus' name. We also said, as we rounded up last week, that Joseph was a very important link between the family of Israel and the nation of Israel. Praise the Lord. You recall God told Abraham in Genesis 12 that the descendants that he would have, at some point they would go into slavery and they will be there for 400 years in a nation. And after that, he will deliver them and bring them into the land that he has promised him. Amen? Amen. Joseph began that process of they coming into that land where they will be captives or slaves for 400 years. And it was said of Joseph that he made mention to them, guys, before you guys leave this place, don't forget my bones. In knowledge and understanding that what God has said will come to pass. Because if you didn't have faith, you would have just let it go. Bury me anywhere or bury me in the tombs of the pharaohs or something because he was the prime minister for goodness sake. So he was prestigious. They could give him one of the tombs of the pharaohs and then he will be buried there. But the Bible says that he told them specifically, when you are leaving this land, please and please don't forget my bones here. Now, you might ask, bones, what is bones? Today, people bury people anywhere. And they don't even, they don't even uh, mean anything to them anymore. Some even burn, burn the bones, they call it cremation. And then they go to the river, they throw it, and then water takes the ashes away, and that's it. There's no sign of that person anymore anywhere in the world. Because that ashes will disintegrate. But the man knew that there's something about this God. The man Joseph. And he said, guys, please and please, as a testament, as a testimony of the fact that what God has said, even my bones will experience it. Please ensure you carry my bones. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There were several things we learned from him. We talked about faith makes peace. We talked briefly about faith makes, or yes, faith makes sacrifices. Today we are going to touch on some of those characters, that is, the characteristics of faith. But looking at another character, today we are looking at Moses. Hallelujah. Amen. We are looking at who? Moses. Now, Moses was the next face. Somebody say next face. Next face. You know, when you look at Hebrews 11, and you look at the heroes of faith, you can actually draw a line, a map, so to speak, on how God's plan moved from the beginning 
up until when Jesus was born and came into the world. Praise the Lord. Each and every one of them spoke about the Lord Jesus in some form or the other. And it is important for us to note, we are not just looking at these men or women. We are actually seeing Jesus in them. Because if you don't see Jesus, you have lost the essence. If you don't, if you are looking at, oh, Joseph, I mean, that story of Joseph, we've heard it for those of us who were children uh, in Sunday school. You've heard the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife. You've heard the story of Joseph and, uh, in the prison, the butler and the cake, cake maker, or what's his name now, the baker. And how he forgot him there. And someday, you remember, ah, Joseph, oh yeah, interpret the dream, and he became prime minister. That's all. But the depths of that story, the, the, the import of that story, is beyond what we were taught then. And we need to come up. Praise the Lord. We need to do what? We need to come up to understand that it was by faith that they did all that they did. Amen. Let's open to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. We'll be looking at verses 23 to 27. Oh, sorry, 29. Hebrews 11, 23 to 29. Okay. I'll read it from the New Living Translation. If you have the New Living, excuse me, please bring it up. All right. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid of what the king might do. Verse 24. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be treated as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. 25. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pressures of sin. 26. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of the Messiah than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to the great reward that, would, that God would give him. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt. He was not afraid of the, king, of the king. Moses kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invincible. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorpost so that the angel of death will not kill their firstborn sons. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians followed, they were all drowned. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You can see every verse, it was by faith, it was by faith, it was by faith. And in, I think for us, it should be said of us, in every action, it was by faith that brother so-so-so did this. It was by faith that he stepped out of his house. It was by faith that he got a business it was by faith that he began to do exploits for the Lord. 
It was by faith that he went into things that men had not thought about. It was by faith that ideas came to him and he wrote them down in songs and in books and in all manner of uh, print for people to know about. It was by faith. It was by faith. It was by faith. Praise the Lord. The faith work that we are called to is not just on some things. It is on or in all things. You don't choose what you use faith for and what you don't use faith for. Praise the Lord. Some will say, "Eh, but God gave us brains. Yes, your brains are subject to his rule. Your brains are subject to the leadership of his spirit. Your brains are meant to walk by faith. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If you, if, you, if you doubt that, you can go to some of the hospitals and see people whose brains are not working. They are lying in coma, not being able to move their hands or their legs. Why? Because they are brain dead. So it is by faith that your brains are working. Praise the Lord. Moses, from child, childhood, was discovered to be an unusual child. And you will realize that his parents saw this. Just for notice or for uh, your notes, his parents, Amram and uh, Jochebed, were Levites. Amen? And the father, that's Amram, picked a Levite wife. For me, that's instructive. If you want to start a journey of faith as a believer, you should start as is a fam- starting a family now. You should start a family with someone who also has faith. So this negates those who will decide to say, believers who will decide to say, I'm going to marry an unbeliever or someone who is not in faith. We don't marry by pity. We don't marry by sentiments. Marriage, and this is for the singles, marriage is a serious matter. God is the institutor. He is the one that decides. And he has laid down certain rules. The first one is the person must be godly because he has said you would have godly children. So if your spouse or your intending spouse is not godly, then something is wrong. You have just started on the wrong foot. The Lord will help all our singles. You will marry right in Jesus' name. It is important. It is very important. And I'm not talking about marrying Christians or acclaimed Christians who just go to church. You must know that they know God. Praise the Lord. Because they also, with you, will walk by faith to achieve the things that God has set out for you. Amen. Now, um, the story of or Moses, or the mo- story of Moses' faith, actually began with his parents. And from that, let's look at uh, Exodus chapter 2. From 1 to 3, you will see the faith work of his parents that brought to light the actual uh, dependence on God and the situation around them at the time that needed them to walk by faith. 
At the time they were slaves, Pharaoh had given a decree that all uh, sons be killed at birth, and so on and so forth. And the Bible records that it was by faith that the parents hid him for three months. So going to Exodus chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says, During this time, a man and a woman, that's Amram and Jochebed, from the tribe of Levi, got married. Verse 2, quickly, The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw what a beautiful baby he was and kept him eating for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, of course, the baby was crying, people would begin to notice and all of that, she got a little basket and made... Uh, a little basket made of papyrus reeds. Can we look at this in New King James, please? There is a word that was used similar to the Greek word uh, for ark. Amen. So she took an ark of bulrushes. How many of us remember ark? The word ark. Where did we hear it first? Noah's ark. In fact, the children built Noah's ark in various forms and shapes. Some of them, <laughs> some, some of them are yet to be completed. You know, it's not yet 100 years. It's just one year. <laughs> 120. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we are still building. Somebody say we are still building. <laughs> if you have finished your act, can I see your hand? <laughs> oh, you see nobody. <laughs> so we are together. We are still building. <laughs> That ark is, uh, oh, doctor, I can see you are still building. <laughs> if I, you have two arcs to build. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, so Noah's ark was the first ark that was built, right? By the instruction of God to him. Why? For preservation of life. For transition from a world that was decayed to another world where things will start all over again. More like a reset, so to speak. Praise the Lord. God sought a family and saw Noah's family and told him, Noah, please build an ark. Do this, do this, do these dimensions and all of that. And then he went on to do that. And it saved his family and all the animals that were in that ark for the time or duration of the flood. Now, come to Moses. The Bible says here that she took an ark of bulrushes for him and dubbed it with asphalt and pitch. The same kind of things that uh, Moses, sorry, Noah also used for his own ark. Put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the river bank. Now, you would agree with me if you know Egypt very well. This is the Nile River or thereabout. I think it should be the Nile River. And you have all manner of, I mean, the river has crocodiles, you have all manner of things, dangerous animals around. And she kept him in there because the Bible says she had faith that God will keep him. She knew something was unusual about this boy. But then to uh, preserve his life, she had to do an unusual thing. Who will put a child in a basket and put him on the river, in the river? I mean, he can just float away and float to Timbuktu. Praise the Lord. But somehow, because she acted by faith, God guided that small act, so to speak. So the shores 
of the river that leads to the king's palace or the Pharaoh's palace. And the daughter of Pharaoh saw what uh, was coming towards her. And she asked, bring that basket. And they saw the child. Of course, the rest is history. She became, or rather, he became Pharaoh's daughter's son. Amen? Now, that was not the end of it. That was actually the beginning of it. The beginning of the dimension of God's providence, of God's guidance, of God's leading. Because you can only walk in faith if you are led by the Lord. Now, leading by the Lord and walking in faith are synonymous in the sense that you walk by faith in obedience to the leading of the Lord. So anything that the Lord asks you to do, you are said to be walking by faith if you obey. Praise the Lord. If you do what? Obey. So coming into obedience is walking by faith. Amen. 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 Let's look at Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. Quickly. Acts chapter 7. We'll read from verse 17. Acts 7, 17. Okay. But when the time of the promise drew near, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. Now, this was after the death of Joseph, right? They grew and multiplied till another king arose who did not know who? Joseph. Go on. This man dealt treacherously with our people and oppressed our forefathers, making them expose their babies, that is, killing their babies, so that they might not live. At this time, Moses was born and was well-pleasing to God. And he was brought up in his father's house for three months. But when he was set out, somebody says set out. There is a time when you need to set out. Every instruction of the Lord, every promise, every act of faith starts with a time of setting out. Where, like Abraham, you will leave your father's house. Like Joseph, you will be sold like a slave. Now, there are contrasts. Abraham left willfully. Joseph did not. Amen? So, this could happen to believers. Praise the Lord. So, it is not, it is not a... a, a, a a case of you willfully wanting to go. Sometimes it could be forceful. But then when it is forceful, it also still has to be in faith. Why? Because you trust the Lord to keep you. Praise the Lord. So Joseph was forcefully pulled out of his house, sold as a slave. Here, Moses was set out as a baby. He didn't even know how to say Dada. I believe, or maybe he has been saying that in the times that he was with his father and his mom. But here, he was set out as a baby into Pharaoh's palace where his father and his mother were not there. Of course, the mother nursed him for a while and then returned him. But he was now alone. Praise the Lord. So Pharaoh's daughter took him away and brought him up as her own son. 
And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. Praise the Lord. Now when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart. Somebody say it came into his heart. There is a point in time for everyone where it will come into your heart what the Lord has spoken of you. You either hear it as a prophetic word or you have a dream and the Lord impresses on it and puts his finger on it and presses it down. That's what it means to impress. Presses it down and tells you, pay attention to this. Pay attention to this. It might not be the full picture. It might be a puzzle, a part of the puzzle, so to speak. But he's telling you, press this icon on your system, on your computer. Press this icon on your phone, as you have icons on those uh, two devices. But he's saying that it will come into your heart. And then it came into his heart to visit his brethren. And I'm sure over the time that he had been staying with the Pharaoh's daughter, the Bible says that he was learned in all wisdom of the Egyptians. Evidently, he would have learned of Joseph. He would have learned of how the nation of Israel began. Amen? Amen? Now, that knowledge, and knowing also that he is not an Egyptian, would spur him to begin to be aware of his heritage. Praise the Lord. To begin to be what? Aware of his heritage. And he will begin to come into knowledge that the, these people that are slaving out, building these uh, cities and all of that, they are not just anybody. They are my people. But it was not until 40 years of his life that knowledge came to him that I need to visit these people. Praise the Lord. So for him, there was an awareness that came. And this spurred him to go. Somebody say go. You see, when we begin to get impressions, there will be uh, nudgings, there will be inspirations, some of them not from God, to do certain things. So you want to act because you have the zeal of the Lord, right? You want to act. But then, for him, it spurred him into action and he went to the field to see his brethren. And the Bible says that he began to notice that the oppression, there was a man oppressing another, there was a, an Egyptian man or soldier oppressing an Israelite. And he looked around and he saw that nobody was looking. He grabbed that one and killed him. And then that started his exodus. He was the first one to have an exodus, not the nation of Israel, from the, the, the nation of uh, Egypt. And the Bible says that the next day he went again to see them. And they pointed out, you want to kill us like you killed the other man yesterday? So he knew that they knew. And then he ran away because Pharaoh eventually heard. Praise the Lord. Now for him, it was a case of knowing God, but vaguely. Knowing that there is more to the nation of Israel, but not clear. It wasn't clear. So you don't have to be clear about all the information you need before you step out in faith. The knowledge of God that is keeping you, is guiding you, is leading you, is enough. 
for you to step out. For Abraham, he didn't know where he was going, but he knew God spoke to him. Praise the Lord. For Abraham, it was a case of, I'm going to a land that he will show me. Okay, let's go. Remember, he had a personal relationship with God at some point. Because he wouldn't have been hearing God before he left, or rather after he left his uh, father's house. He must have started hearing God from his father's house. So, of course, they were idol worshippers, but I'm sure at some point he began to learn of who God is. God started speaking to him. So you cannot move in faith without hearing God. And you cannot hear God and then stay silent or then keep quiet or stay inactive. You begin to inquire, Lord, what would you have me do? What would you have me do what? Do. Praise the Lord. So his mother built an ark and then they went on to Pharaoh's house. Now, there are three acts recorded in the Bible. One by Noah, the second by Jochebed, and the third by Moses himself that God asked him to design. That is the Ark of the Covenant. And these three acts speak about the presence of God. Because on the river, for Moses, the presence of God was with him. Praise the Lord. For Noah, the presence of God was with them. The Ark of the Covenant was a sign, a symbol of the presence of God with the Israelites. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then he went on to, I mean, come to understand that he had to make choices that would be difficult. In verse 24 to 26 of um, Hebrews 11, let's open to it. Verse 24 to 26. Verse 24 to 26 of Hebrews 11. Media, please help me. By faith, when he became of age, refused. You know, you have to take a decision to refuse or to accept, right? He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, you would, you would, you would, Look at this as just a sentence. It is not just a sentence. If you were in his shoes, you would think twice. He was enjoying luxury. He was enjoying wealth. I mean, at some point, probably we were given some province to manage or something. Because, I mean, if you are the son of Pharaoh's daughter, you, are, you have leverage. You have inheritance from her. Because she accepted you as a son. More like an adopted son, so to speak. Praise the Lord. But he decided to, not to be called Pharaoh's daughter. He chose not to be called Pharaoh's daughter. So we would have choices. Things that we are experiencing today are as a result of choices. In fact, there are decisions to be made in front of us. Some people to travel out, that is, what do they call it? Or to remain in country. And that's a decision that is purely based for some or most on the situation of the country, what they are seeing. For Jacob, uh, sorry, for Moses, he had luxury around him. He knew that if he was to leave, he's leaving all this behind him. 
he's going to be a slave at some point. Or, I mean, the best he can do, an estranged man from his country. Because Pharaoh will never accept him again. And that was exactly what happened. He made the choice to leave. Verse 25. Verse 25, media. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Than to do what? Enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. So the choices that Moses made defined where he was aligned. We need to have that definition of alignment. Our sister earlier was singing the song and was praying or chanting as it were, talking about alignment, that the Lord will align our hearts. Without alignment, you cannot come into the purpose of God. Because at best, you will look at it and then take off your face, look at it again, take off your face, and then you cannot be in two camps at the same time. You are either here, nor there, or there. Moses immediately, by the year age 40, began to set his alignment. To say, I have enjoyed this thus far, no more. So we all, because these are things we need to think about when we are talking about live by faith, live by faith. It's not just live by faith, reading your Bible and all of that, praying. No, there are actions to be taken. James was speaking in James 2, verse 17 and 18, that faith without works is what? Dead. Your faith must be active. And active on what God has said concerning you. The instructions he has given you to do. You don't just leave. You move in faith. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God will do his work. There's no doubt about that. But we have our own responsibility. We have our own responsibility to align with him. And faith does not absolve us from that responsibility. Saying, I'm in faith. You know, some people say, I'm in faith, I'm in faith. And they sit down not doing anything. It's like saying, I want to have a child. And husband and wife are not coming together. How would they have a child? It's not going to be immaculate. There's only one Jesus. Praise the Lord. There won't be two Jesuses. Amen? Although we are all heirs with him, joint heirs, right? He has many brothers and sisters. But there's only one Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So faith does not absorb us from responsibility in utilizing the resources and everything that he has given to us, including our brain. Including our what? Our brain. So the Lord has blessed you with several skills, talents, opportunities, privileges. But then, for each point, a decision has to be made. Are you going to use it for his own glory or for your self-service? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So making sacrifices as you go along the way is very, very important. As we close this first uh, service, I just want to point out a few things about this with respect to making sacrifices. Now, faith makes sacrifices by being on the right with God and suffering uh, suffering for it rather, even when we have to. Being on the right with God and suffering for it even when we have to. For Moses, it was an epitome of this. 
He decided to go out of the king's palace. He decided to leave luxury. He decided to leave the privileges to go suffer. I'm sure in the wilderness, while he was there, for those times he was there, for the 40 years he was there, thereabout, the things that he has gained in the palace, the knowledge, the clothing that he has gained, they were not with him anymore. All right? It would be like a pauper living there. But then, he knew that there was something more to life than just being a king's son or the king's grandson. Praise the Lord. So, his suffering had a purpose. So, let's open to first, let's take this down, First Peter 2, 19 to 21. Your suffering or your affliction must have a purpose. So, look into your life right now. Look into what you are going through that you call affliction or that you call suffering. Paul calls it light affliction. Right? Does it have a purpose? Do you see God in it? Do you see a path that leads to God in it? Or a path that talks about, okay, God is with me here. If not, begin to ask the Lord. Open my eyes to why I am here. If it wasn't as a result of your own uh, misbehavior. You know we misbehave and get ourselves in trouble, right? Praise the Lord. Alright. So the next one is putting aside our desires to satisfy a greater purpose. Putting aside our desires to satisfy what? A greater purpose. All of this points to depending on the grace that only God can give and the help that the Spirit has been given to us to give to come into the alignment that we are talking about. Ephesians 1.17 lets us know that He has given us the Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, right? So if we pray that prayer every day, I mean, there is no doubt that your every step of faith will be guided by wisdom and the knowledge from the Spirit, or wisdom and revelation rather, in the knowledge of God, coming by His Spirit. So, revelation either while you are awake, visions, or in your sleep, dreams. And then wisdom coming directly by the Holy Spirit on addressing issues. And like we said last week, there is no way that you begin to walk by faith and the wisdom of God is being displayed that people will not notice it. For Joseph, what happened? The Bible says that Potiphar noticed that, ah, ah, no, every responsibility I give this guy, he excels. Let me give him my entire house. Who knows like better thing? Let him take care of my house. Let him handle it. And the Bible says God was with him in that house. Even when Potiphar's wife came up, he said, how would I sin against God? How would I do this terrible thing against God? Of course, Potiphar's wife liked him. Potiphar wouldn't have known, at least for a while. So, like what was written concerning Moses, he denied the fleeting pleasures of sin. Joseph also denied the fleeting pleasures of sin. For every faith hero, they at some point had a choice to deny the fleeting pleasures of sin. Same also for us. We are faced with temptations every day. 
we are faced with things that will challenge us to either deny God or satisfy our pleasures or our desires. We know what we are going through. You know where the shoe pinches you. You know what to do. Talk to God. Let's bow down our heads and ask the Lord, Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes that I will see the things that you have said before me and not be distracted. What we need is focus. For Moses, he knew there was something more. He knew that God was not just building a nation in Egypt called Israel. And somehow they became slaves. But he knew that he had a hand in their deliverance. Let's pray and ask the Lord to open our eyes. The various situations or circumstances of life that we are in right now. Let's ask the Lord, open my eyes to see what you would have me do. I'm not just here. There is a reason. There is a purpose. And if I am misaligned, Lord, realign me. Realign me. Realign me. You might be doing something that everybody will say, oh, this is great. You are even working for the Lord. You are serving in God's house. But you are in the wrong place. When I say wrong place, that is you are misaligned in zeal. Let's ask the Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes to be aligned according to your will. On the things that you would have me do. The positions I am in right now. The place I am in right now. What I am currently doing. The engagements I have right now. The people I am in contact with right now. The circumstances of life that I am in right now. Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes. Speak to me. Grant me understanding. Bring me into alignment of your will. Thank you, Father, because you have done this. Glory be to your name, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. We believe you were blessed as you listened. Join us for a Sunday service at Metamorphosis Christian Center, Stanford Dialysis Building, beside Africa International College, opposite Sun City, Kaura District, Abuja. You can link with us on Facebook and YouTube at Metamorphosis NG. Metamorphosis Christian Center, reaching, raising, releasing.